From Parkway Church in Corona, this is the Parkway Podcast. We hope this message blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website at weareparkway.com. Good morning, Parkway. How are we? Who's excited to be in church this morning? Man, I am so excited um, to be here. Um, Wasn't that awesome worship this morning? I just felt like, I felt the presence of God. Not that I don't usually, but I just felt it. It just felt real. It felt good. Shout out to the worship team for doing what you do and sacrificing. Yeah. It's a lot of work to, to prepare and practice and play each and every week and make those sacrifices. So we appreciate you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Colin or Carl. I will respond to both, just so you know. Lead pastor here at the church, new lead pastor. We are excited to be here. This is our second week here, our family and I. Um, and we're just so excited about today. We're excited about the future. We're excited about what's going on. Um, there's like a permanent smile on my face, except for when I'm sleeping, because I'm sleeping. But uh, we're excited to be here. And I'm excited about this new series that we're in called Taking Ground. Uh, that we started last week, something to really mark this new season and chapter that we're in as a church. And we're looking at the idea of taking ground in our lives, about moving forward and advancing the kingdom of God in our hearts and in our minds and in our families and in our workplace and in our community to see the kingdom of God grow, to see our faith grow, and to see us just move forward. Amen? Amen. Last week we talked about shifting our perspective from focusing on the problems that we see to looking at the uh, promises and the potential that are before us by anchoring ourselves not in what we see, but in what God said. And ultimately, that points us back to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, just my disclaimer this morning is I always try to speak in a way that assumes there are people here who don't have a biblical framework. So if I'm sharing stuff and you're like, man, I know this stuff, that's, that's great. There might be people here that don't, all right? I want to assume that there's people here who don't. Or maybe you've been coming to church forever and a day and you just don't remember the Bible stories. I don't know if any of you remember like the felt board Jesus that was, you know, Sunday school with the felt. Uh, you, some of you are shaking your head, yeah. Maybe you don't remember the stories. So I'm going to, I'm always trying to speak in a way that assumes that we don't know. Um, so just as a, as a framework for this series, before Jesus opened the door and allowed all people to become part of God's family, God had a chosen people called the Israelites that he used to usher in his plan of redemption that led to Jesus, this chosen people, Israelites. And we're looking at their story um, throughout the book of Joshua, and the book of Joshua is found in the Old Testament in the scriptures. And we're looking at that, that book because Joshua recalls a time when God's people were starting a new chapter in their lives, start a new chapter in their lives by moving towards and stepping into the land that was promised them. But in order to, to step into the promise that was given them, they had to conquer the inhabitants that were occupying the land. So if you're like, what is this taking ground about? This is what taking ground is all about. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Joshua chapter 1, um, whether that's a paper Bible or on a phone. If you don't have an app on your phone, you're like, I don't know what app to use. YouVersion Bible app is a great Bible. But if you're like, I'm against technology, you want to you stick with the paper Bibles, that's great as well. In fact, you actually will retain more. For those of you who are younger and like technology like myself, you actually retain more with paper. Like studies show that because your body, your mind remembers flipping the pages. It remembers where it is versus just the continuous scrolling aspect. Tidbit for you there. 
That's the truth. That's the truth. So Joshua chapter 1, um, just uh, before we read, for those of you who don't know, God's people had just left Egypt and its time of stateless bondage and slavery. They just finished wandering the desert um, in their time of aimless rebellion. The people had been wandering for 40 years. If you were here last week and we looked at Numbers 13 and 14, how they went and they just kind of scouted out the land and then they came back and brought a report and then they rebelled and didn't believe the promise and so they were they were. They were prohibited, or that generation was prohibited from entering the land. So they had been wandering for 40 years, 40 years. Some of us get upset after just a few months, right? We're like, God, where are you? Help us. And what is this going on? It's 40 years they've been wandering. Um, and then they loved God. They believed in God, but they just rebelled against um, his, his promises, except for two guys, Joshua and Caleb. They were the only ones left from that generation because they believed that the promise maker could be the pr- promise keeper, right? The promise maker can be a promise So in Joshua 1, which we're going to look at today, this is a whole new generation of people, a whole new generation entering a whole new season. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, here we go. Just we're looking at the first two verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Look at somebody and say, get ready. Get ready. Before they could cross over and take ground, they needed to get ready. They needed to, to prepare themselves to move forward. If you're going to enter in and choose to walk in the promises of God, you got to prepare yourself. We don't just cross into the promised land without getting ready. So they were in a season, they were in a season of looking forward to the promise, right? This whole new generation that had been wandering for 40 years, were in a season of just looking forward to what was coming, right? This whole generation had heard the stories, but they never seen the stories, right? They heard about God's miracles. They heard about what he did in Egypt. They heard about what he had done through the wilderness. They heard about bread from heaven, right? They heard about the Red Sea parting and how the ar- army of Pharaoh had, had, had been taken over by that Red Sea. They had heard all these stories, and they had heard of the promised land, but now they're on the edge. And Joshua was saying, get ready. And I don't know about you, I was thinking about this. What would it have been like to be a part of that generation just hearing these stories and about to enter in? I remember when I was a kid, my parents always promised me that we would go to Disneyland. As a kid, I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland, uh, but there was promise that we would go to Disneyland, and we never went because if you don't know anything about Disneyland, it is ridiculously expensive, unless you know how to cheat the system and don't mind sitting through a few timeshare pitches or two for cheap tickets, which I've done that. Believe me, I've done that. Um, but, but they always promised that we would go, and we would talk about what it would be like, and we'd talk about what we'd do, but we never went. They never took us. Now, Jody and I went later on, and we took a whole new generation with us, but we always had this promise of what would be, but we never actually experienced it until I actually went there. And I remember being so disappointed. I was like, I think it was 25 when I first went, and I was so disappointed because I had high expectations from a, a little baby, a little kid to this glorious place called Disneyland, and then it just, I'm like, this is it? This is what we've been expecting this whole time? So the people, they'd heard these stories, they'd heard these miracles, they've been hearing about this promise of the new land for years and years and years, and now God says to Joshua, get ready, get ready. And I imagine that they're excited, I imagine that the people are giddy. The term, for those of you who are are scholarly, the term get ready literally means rise up. It means get up, let's go, rise up. It's an awakening term. We sung some songs this morning about awakening and about stirring. It's a stirring term. It's a get off the couch term. 
I say that to my boys all the time. I'm like, come on, let's go. Shoes on, toys away. Let's go, Let, toys away. Toys away, let's go. <laughs> toys away, boots, your boot. Let's go, let's go. That's what this term is saying. It's saying rise up. We're done sitting around. We're done waiting. We're done wandering. Stop occupying this space. Pack up. It's time to move. It's time to move. To live in the promises of God, you can't sit around waiting for something to happen. The Bible says faith without action is dead. You got to prepare. You got to act. You got to move. That's where we are. I, re I really believe this is a church, right? And maybe it's just because I'm new and I'm excited, but I really believe that we're in a season of getting up and getting ready and rising up and preparing ourselves for what God is going to do. Now imagine that the Israelites literally had to physically pack up, right? They had tents and they had gear and they had supplies and they had preparations that they had to pack up and prepare. Any, anybody ever moved before? How many of you have ever moved before, right? We're, we're obviously, for many, most of you should know, we're moving from Welland right now. We're in the process of packing up our house and it is nauseating, and it is awkward, and there's boxes everywhere, and I don't remember where we put stuff already. We're not even in the new house yet, and I don't even know where we put stuff, and, and it's just, it's not fun. And we're forced to ask ourselves some questions as, as we start to pack up things, because we have these, these items in our closet that have been sitting in our closet since we first moved to that house and we haven't touched, right? And so we're asking ourselves, is this something that we need to take with us? We're, I don't know if you're familiar with the Marie Kondo Netflix show, Right, where it's, does this thing spark joy? And <laughs> does this thing spark joy? And I've realized there's a lot of things that I need that don't spark joy, right? Like toilet plungers until I actually need one. <laughs> then it really sparks joy. Right? So we're packing up all kinds of different boxes and we're asking ourselves, hey, will I use this one day? Or maybe I'll use it if there's ever the zombie apocalypse, you know, or do I need this and do I need that? Or should I should we pack it away? Should we get rid of it? You know, should we purge a bit, or is it just going to continue occupying space? And I thought, what is occupying space in our lives? What is taking up space as we get ready and make room to move? And obviously not boxes in your closet that you haven't touched for years and years, but metaphorically, what is stopping you or prohibiting you or is going to weigh you down from moving forward as you begin to take rest? I really believe that God has something more for us. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Will bring it to completion as he makes us and shapes us and sanctifies us in making more like Jesus Christ. But in order to cross over and to walk forward, we need to purge some stuff. We need to throw off some stuff. We need to get rid of those boxes and get rid of some clutter. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run the mark, race marked out for us. Let us throw off everything, not just some things, not just the stuff that's easy, right? It's not just a, I'm going to throw off this because, well, that's an easy one, right? Win that one. I did one. I threw one away. No, everything, anything that holds you back, anything and everything that holds you back, any sin that so easily entangles, and not, and not just place it nicely to the side, not just hand it over, you know, throw it off. Toss it, get rid of it, anything. Because if you want to run the race marked out for you, you've got to throw off the things that are going to hinder, hinder you and hold you back. So what hinders you from taking a step forward in your faith? I was thinking of a, about Elisha, the prophet in the Old Testament. He was, he was with his family plowing fields as a farmer when the prophet Elijah came by and threw his cloak on him, which was the mantle, saying, you're going to be the next prophet. And what did Elisha do? 
the first thing he did was not like, sweet, let's go, is he threw off the things that would hold him back. He went back and he burned his plowing equipment and he slaughtered his ox. He got rid of the things that could hold him back, the things that he could turn back to in order to follow and enter in the purposes God had for him. We have to throw off things that are gonna stop us from progressing in our faith. Throw it off. And maybe you're like, like me, and sometimes you feel like you're in a really good spot, and you're like, well, I'm not sure what things maybe I have to throw off. I got three suggestions, very practical for you. Number one is ask Jesus. Ask the Spirit of God. Spirit, reveal to me things in my life that are holding me back from progressing in my faith. What things, what sin so easily entangles me? Maybe it's not the, the big ones that we think of. Maybe it's something small. You know, maybe it's something small. Number two is read the scriptures. What does it say about living and looking like the person of Christ? And ask yourself an honest question. Am I doing this? Do I look like that? And then number three, those ones are easy because you can kind of do those by yourself. Number three is ask somebody. Go up to a friend that you know and say, hey, listen, is there something that holds me back from moving forward in my faith? You may not like the answer. You may not like the answer, but if you want to run the race that's been marked out for you, if you want to take ground, if you want to move forward, if you want to get ready, sometimes you need to have an honest look and examine yourself by bringing some other people and say, hey, listen, is there something that holds me back? Is there something that holds me back? And it's uncomfortable, it's hard, it's awkward, it means change, and that's not easy, but change always helps us move forward, right? It's easy to be comfortable in our comfort. We like where we are, even though God says he has more for us. We like where, how things have been, even though God says he's not done. But we can't enter the promises until we get ready. And getting ready means throwing off stuff that's hindering and holding us back. The Israelites couldn't cross over until they packed up. So I wonder, what is God telling you as an individual to get ready for? I don't believe that God is, is this God who just lets us. And there are seasons of waiting. There are seasons of pausing. But there's always something coming even if it's the hope of eternity, right? Even if it's just the, the promised land of eternity, of heaven. What is God saying? Get ready. I have something for you. Or have you asked him lately? Have you sat, had a, a moment with God and say, hey, listen, what's next? What's next for me? What's your promised land? What is the thing he's calling you to? What is God calling this house to? Where is God leading Parkway? And the Israelites only had so many details, right? There's this new land. It was productive. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be giants. That's it. And now they have this instruction to get ready. Rise up. Get ready. Let's go. And again, maybe I'm just excited. Maybe I'm just optimistic. But I believe that God is calling us as a church to get ready for the next chapter. And if you've ever read a book before, if you haven't, you should. They're, they're fun. If you've never read a book before, when you, when you finish one chapter, you don't necessarily know what's ahead. You kind of get an idea of what's ahead. But as you turn the pages and you walk through the chapter, you know. And you've, and you've got to prepare yourself as you read the story and you get excited. You need to ask yourself, you need to ask yourself, what is God preparing us for? We don't necessarily know what it is, but are we playing our part as a church community? And maybe you are. I don't know. I'm relatively new. Maybe you're not. Are you using your gifts to serve God's kingdom? What talents and abilities have you hidden or are you keeping to yourself? Are we making the sacrifices? Are we coming along to leadership? Are we serving? Get ready, the scripture says. Jesus told a parable, a story of a, of a, a master who left some money to some guys. Talents, as the scriptures say. The first one, first guy, he left one talent, one piece of money. The second, two. And the third, he left five. And he says, I'm going away. 
and I'm going to come back. I'm going away. You know, take charge of this. Hold on to it for me. When I get back, I'll come for it. And so when he left, the first guy who had five did something with what he'd been given. He doubled it. He doubled it. The second guy did something with what he's been given. You guys know this story. Many of you do. He doubled it, right? He took it from two to four. The last guy did nothing with it because he was afraid, and so he buried it. He buried it. When the master came back, he was not happy, and he took away the one that the guy had. Now, Jesus told this story to illustrate not to look at what do you have, but what do you do with what you have? Sometimes we can focus so much on what other people have that we forget to look at what am I doing with what I have? What have I been given, and what can I do? Jesus also said this in Mark chapter 13. He says, he says it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task. Did you know that you have a task in the kingdom of God? And it's not just to come to church. This is great. This is great, right? It's about community. It's about growing together. But there's a task that's been assigned to you to help move the kingdom forward, to help advance the kingdom of God. God has purposes for us as individuals and as a church, but specifically a task. Each with their assigned task, he says, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. Rise up. Get ready. What I say to you, I say to everyone. Jesus says, what I say to you, I say to everyone. Watch. We got to watch. We got to be ready. Because Jesus is coming back one day, the Bible says, to usher in eternity. And he's going to look at what we've been doing with what we've been given. And do you know what? It could be any walk of life. You might say, do you know what? I'm really young and I don't know my talents or abilities. We, you could vacuum a carpet. You might be saying, I'm really old. My time is done. Do you know the scriptures say that David fell asleep? He passed away when he fulfilled the purposes God had for him. That's what the scriptures say. So if there's still breath in your lungs, God is not finished with you. I don't care if you're 99 or 9. God can use you. So we got to watch. Are we rising up? Are we getting ready? So God had a plan for the Israelites, for the people in this new land. It was rest. It was rest from the oppression that they had experienced. It was rest from, rest from the slavery. But there would be obstacles. We talked about this. There would be giants. So he gave them a couple extra promises to encourage them to get ready. Verse 3, he said, I will give you every place you set your foot. To Joshua, every place you set your foot, I will give to you. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you all this. He says, where you set your foot, I will give you. So if you don't get ready and you don't move, I'm not going to give you the land. Every place you choose to set your foot, I will give you. He says this in verse 5. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one. The scriptures say in the New Testament that no one can stand against God. So when you're standing with the one that no one can stand against, no one can stand against you. Think about that. People can stand against you unless you're standing with God. So even when you experience hardship, even when you experience difficulty, even when it's a health issue, a financial concern, a family thing going on, a crisis, it may seem like the world is colliding on you or collapsing. The ground is falling apart. But when you're standing with God, nothing can stand against you. It can push hard. It can push really hard. And it can hurt. And it can be difficult. But no one will stand against you. See, Joshua and the Israelites were going to experience hardship. God says, as a promise, and his promises are always yes, that no one will stand against you. Even though you experience challenges, no one will stand against you. As a church, as we move forward, even though we may experience difficulties or hardship, no one can stand against us because we're standing with God. 
No one can stand against us. Verse 60 says this, and this is the one I want to focus on. It says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Man, I'm just excited this morning. I'm getting long-winded. Part of getting ready is being strong and courageous because what is ahead may not be easy. It may require work. Cleaning up your life requires courage, requires strength. Throwing off the things that hinder you requires strength. It requires courage. It takes courage to face the sin that you've been dealing with. It takes courage to face the person, to have that confrontation. It takes courage to overcome fear. It takes courage and strength for us to reach a community. Now, this is something that God did, just didn't hope that Joshua would have, right? He's not like, hey, guys, I, I hope you have some strength. <laughs> hope you got some courage in there because it's going to be difficult. He didn't say that. It was a command. It was be strong and courageous. And I think it was a command because there's going to be times when they don't feel strong and courageous. When they experience something, when they face something, they don't feel courageous. They don't feel strong. There's going to be difficulties. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I don't feel strong. I don't feel courageous. But it's moments like that i got to rely on the one who is strong, who is courageous. The Bible, the Bible doesn't say this, but this is a good thought. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's doing something in the midst of fear. It's not the absence of fear. It's doing something in the midst of fear. When, when Jody and I first felt led to come here and, and the doors opened up, it, it took courage. It took courage to make that life change for our family. We didn't feel it. I'm not like, oh, I got this. It was like, should we, should we not? Like, we had to pray, we had to process. Like, but we did it because we leaned on the Lord. Be strong and courageous. I like, um, if you read these verses, you see God repeating himself over and over again. Be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. He's repeating himself like a parent to a child, right? Like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Leave your brother alone. Don't touch it. Leave your brother alone. Leave your brother alone. Don't touch it. He's just, he's repeating himself. I, I, I got little kids, so that's like, you're going to find most of my stories come from my kids. It's just going to happen. Whenever there's repetition in scripture, it's something to pay attention to. Whether it's something significant or something small, it's because God, through the author, is trying to emphasize an important person or an important idea. That's why you have four gospel accounts, right? It's a pretty important deal. So pay attention when God repeats himself. And in this case, strength and courage are vital to the preparation process. Because what is ahead are challenges, and it's not easy. And we know this because we live life, right? We live life. Life is not easy. Life is difficult. Life is hard. It requires strength, and it requires courage. Following Jesus can be difficult. And I don't know where we get the idea that it's easy, because that's not in the Bible. It's not easy. It's full but it's not easy. It's joyful, it's not always happy. It's hopeful, but it's not always rainbows and lollipops. I like rainbows and lollipops. Jesus said this, he says, narrow is the road that leads to life. Narrow is the road that leads to life. It takes courage to follow Jesus. It takes courage to do what is right when no one else is doing it. It takes courage to do what, what is right even when it's going to cost you. It takes strength to say no, even when it's going to hurt. It takes courage to have the difficult conversation with your spouse because you know it's going to be messy, but you know that it's necessary for holiness and purity. It takes courage and strength to step out in faith, even though it means changes for your family. 
takes courage to look and live like Jesus in a society and culture that doesn't. It takes courage to take new ground in your life. It takes strength and courage as a church community to take the next step forward to make the changes to see new life, right? It takes strength and courage to step out as people and start serving in ministries that are maybe outside your comfort zone for the purposes of advancing the kingdom in Corona and St. Frank Township. It takes strength and courage to make the time and financial sacrifices in order to see the kingdom of God move forward. Uh, once upon a time, we had this young woman um, join our youth leadership team. She was a, a young mom, single mother of three boys, three boys. Now, if you have kids and you have boys, you know that's a lot. That's a lot. Single mom, three boys. And what she did is she joined our leadership team. She felt led to join the team. And it was outside of her comfort zone. Interacting with students to this degree was outside of her comfort zone. And she did it. And not only did she step out of her comfort zone to do it, but she paid a babysitter every Friday night to watch her kids while she served. So she made a sacrifice. She paid to serve. She paid to serve. And she made the sacrifice of stepping out of her comfort zone. Strength and courage that takes. And listen, you can't find strength and courage in yourself. You are not strong enough. And if you get the idea in your head that you can do this, you cannot. Not outside the Lord. Not outside the Spirit's strength. You can't. You are deceiving yourself. You find strength and courage at the feet of Jesus. You find strength and courage by immersing yourself in the one whose strength knows no end. It's continually encountering the God who is almighty. You need strength? Spend time in the presence of God. You need courage? Spend time in the presence of God. Spend time in the word of God. And that's why I think um, God said this to Joshua in verse 7. He says, be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, Joshua's success in taking ground in the promised land was directly tied to him walking in the precepts of the law. He would not receive the promise without following the words of the one who makes the promise. And he cannot follow the words of the one who makes the promise without continually reflecting on and obeying those words. Are you tracking with me? Our ability to take ground, catch this, in our lives, to walk in the promises of God is proportionate to our obedience to the word of God. Our ability to take ground and walk in the promises of God is proportionate to our obedience to the word of God. And obedience to the word of God is directly tied to you knowing the word of God. You can't obey the word of God if you don't know the word of God. And that's where the fight, I, I believe, for taking ground in our heart and our mind really takes place. Right? I believe that's where the fight between what our flesh and our desires want and the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God come about. To take ground here, you need truth that is stronger than your thoughts. You may be really smart. You may be really intellectual. You may have a lot of wisdom, a lot of years of experience. But there will be a reason that comes to your mind that goes against Scripture. There will be reasons. So we need to be in the Word of God. The Bible says to take captive every thought, every thought, and make it obedient to the cross. Because you may be re really wise and really reasonable, but there will be something that crosses your mind that you need str a stronger thought. You need a higher thought to, to take control of that, to take ground. And for Joshua, God says, meditate on it, on the law, 
day and night. I don't know if you've noticed that, but the things that are in the forefront of your mind get the majority of your attention. Right? Think about what, what monopolizes your thought process the most. Right? What kind of cars drive on your neurological highway? The things that are in the forefront, they, they get the majority of your attention. Maybe it's, maybe it's sports, right? Food. Food. I like food. Family. Kids. Special someones. Work. Stress. Health. The things in the forefront of our mind get the majority of our attention. The things that are in the forefront of our mind get the majority of our time. And they dictate our daily life. For whatever reason, maybe it's fear, maybe it's sin, we choose to, to, to put the things of God on the back burner. We only bust out the scripture box of our brain when we come to church. Well, and then we put it back. But what is God telling Joshua? He says, from the moment you get up to the moment you lie down, think about my laws. Why? So you will be careful to obey it. It's not just an arbitrary thought. I want you to read it because it's, I put it there. So you'll be careful to obey it. You want to walk in greater obedience to God, you got to meditate on the scripture. Now, if anyone was too busy not to be in the scriptures, it was Joshua, right? He's leading a whole new nation of people into a land full of giants. There would be challenges. There would be wars. Yet his success in taking the ground depended on it. It was attached to it. I don't know if you're tracking, but, the, but this is all connected, right? Get ready. Rise up. Strong and courageous. Meditate on the word. So last week, we looked at Numbers 13 and 14. We looked at how the spies scouted out the land, and they focused on the problem. And the challenge for us was to examine ourselves and shift our perspective, right? It was kind of like that perspective message. This week, it's the next step from just shifting our, our focus and perspective to making preparations in our lives to move and to take ground. And we do that by engaging deeply in the word, just as Joshua had to, so that what's in the word will be in us, allowing the strength in God strength and courage of God to rise up on us so that we can remove the clutter and we can get ready. We got to be in the word in order that the word will be in us so that we can find strength and courage in order to move forward in the promises of God as a community and as individuals. So Joshua tells the officers to tell the people, get ready because in three days we're crossing over. Can I just, I just want to declare this real quick. Get ready, because this house is moving forward, and I don't know what awaits. I don't know what the next chapter holds, but we need to get ready. We need to make preparations. I don't know what kind of preparations, but we need to make preparations, because we're crossing over. We're stepping forward. We're moving forward. There's already been promises that have been placed on this church, words that have been spoken that I've heard. I've got written copies of them. Of just how God strategically placed people at like the four corners of Kelowna? Come on. Why? Because we got to get ready. Get ready. I'm just declaring that. I'm just believing in faith for that. Some of you are with me. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. Now, there were a few families, few tribes in the Israelite people who had already received their land. They were in the rest. They had built cities. They had, they had homes for their families. Before this time, before Joshua took over as leader of the nation, 
Basically, they, they found this place, this, this region right, right on the east side of the Jordan River that they liked. And they said, hey, Moses, we like this space. We'll take this space. Can we have this space? And he's like, okay, but we're going to make a deal. And the deal was that even though you're in your rest already, when it comes time for the rest of the people to cross over, we're going to send the, the, the fighting men. We're going to send the men ready for battle in order to help everyone cross over until everyone's got their rest. And then we'll come and we'll live in our territory. So Joshua comes to them in verse chapter 1 here, and he says, remember that deal. Remember it? Well, come on. we got to take ground. Now, I got to thinking many of us have already entered our rest in Jesus, right? We've received salvation for our sins. We walk and are guided by the Spirit of God. And although there may be work that still need to be done in our lives, although God's not done with us and he's going to continue to work in us and bring us to completion, there may be things that we need to take ground on in our minds and in our hearts, in our families, in our workplaces, but we have God, we have Jesus, but there are people who don't. There are people in Corona, St. Clair, this region, in your homes, in your families that don't. There are people who don't have the rest. And so we need everybody, we need everybody to rise up, not just get ready, not just kind of mentally prepare yourself, but rise up, step up in order to help everybody get ready. There's people, there's your neighbors, maybe coworkers, Maybe it's where you get your coffee every Friday morning or whatever, where you do your groceries. There's people who don't have rest, who don't have the rest of Jesus. So we need to get ready, church. We need to get ready. We need to do what we can do in our lives. We need to throw off clutter in our lives. We need to get some strength and some courage, muster up the courage just to have a conversation with them, to help them cross over. Because there's people who haven't crossed over. And I don't know about you, but I believe that the scriptures declare that God ain't coming back until everyone's had an opportunity here. God is not slow in keeping his promise, but he desires that none will perish, the scriptures say. None will perish. So are we going to be the kind of church, the kind of church that helps people move forward, that helps people cross over? And do you know what? Some people aren't going to be willing. There's going to be people who won't. But are we going to do what we can do as individuals and as a church that help people cross over and enter their rest? We need to be ready. Maybe that means, maybe that means as a person, you've been, I don't know, I really don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. You've been coming here for a while, but you have yet to step up and serve. Maybe you gotta serve. I don't know. Maybe it means that you gotta muster up the courage and just go over to your neighbor and say, hey, listen, we got this thing happening on Sunday mornings. You wanna come check it out? Maybe that means going over to your coworker and say that you know they've been going through something difficult and just be like, listen, I believe in prayer. Can I pray for you? And even if they say no, pray for them anyway, like when, when they're not looking, right? Or even if they don't want prayer there, just be like, that's fine, but I just want you to know I'm praying for it because I believe in it. Just mustering up the courage. What can we do to help people cross over into their rest? I was thinking about this too, and I know this message in last week's and this whole season, and I know some of you have already been feeling this, but what if Parkway was the instrument for seeing a, a move of God hit this region? Right? Right? And, and that may look different than what we think. I don't know. It, it may not be what we anticipate. There might be some giants in the land. We got to do what we got to do. We got to get ready. God, I don't even know what I, I got to get ready for, but I'm just going to get ready. I don't, I'm just going to throw up that box that, that's been sitting there, but it's occupying space, and I don't need it occupying space. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw off the things that hinder me, the sin that so easily entangles done with this. I'm fighting against it now because I want to take ground in my life so I can see ground be taken in 
Same kind of counsel. Come on. Are we ready? Are we actually ready? Are you ready? Maybe you need to throw off some things, the scriptures say. And I, and I believe this, and I know the Spirit does this. He, as I share, as speakers share, the Spirit works and He speaks, right? And so I, I always think it's interesting because I might be sharing something about this over here, but the Spirit of God works in such miraculous ways that He hits someone over here through it. And at the same time, He hits someone else about this issue in their life and about this thing. He just, he just begins to zone in on things and He says, hey, this is an area you need to take ground in, or this is an area you need to throw off. And we just, this is just part of how the Spirit of God works. And so I'm believing that. Maybe there's things here this morning that you need to throw off. Or maybe you need some strength and some courage. Or maybe you need the, the Spirit of God to jolt you a little bit to give you a hunger and thirst for the Word in order to get the strength and courage to throw off the things you need to throw off. So what we're going to do is the team's going to lead us in one last song. I'm going to pray just before they do. And if that's you today, listen, what we want to do is we, I just want to encourage you to step out of your chair if you need specific prayer, right? If you're like, I need someone just to pray with me step out from your chair and then someone from a prayer team will come you know and surround you or you can come up to this space at the front here we call it the altar space for those of you who don't know um, and it's just if you want to meet with God one on one you just like I just want me and God time we're going to sing this one song again and I love this song because it says it says, it says I'm not enough unless you come because we're not enough church we're not enough we're not enough Joshua and the Israelites couldn't cross into the promised land without the presence of God. And you can't take ground in your life without the presence of God. So they're going to lead us in this one song. Would you stand if you're able? They're going to lead us in this one song again. If you want to come forward, you can come forward. Listen, there's nothing special about this place. There's nothing special about stepping out. But there's something special that happens in our hearts when we step out of our comfort zones. That's it's just the nature of humanity, right? When you step out of your comfort zone. So if you need specific prayer, you can just step out into an aisle. That's going to let the prayer team know that you need prayer. Or you can just come forward and find a place up here. Or you can just worship from where you are. That's fine. But let me just pray and let us just engage the presence of God with the purpose of being moved by the presence of God so that he can move us into action. Amen? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we have it. God, we thank you that we can, we can learn from it. Thank you that you speak to us through it. And I know, God, that as I've been sharing, you've already been speaking to hearts. And so I just pray in the name of Jesus, would you do what you be be do best and be God in the lives of people here today. And as we enter into this song in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would move powerfully. You would help people, God, who need to throw off some things, the things that so easily entangle, maybe some clutter, God, in order to get ready to move forward, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, maybe there's someone here today that needs some strength, that needs some courage to face something, to face someone. I pray, God, that in this moment, not just in the, the motivation of the speaker, God, I pray, God, through the presence, God, of your spirit, they would be motivated and strengthened, God, to actually have those conversations, to do what is necessary in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we know that you're here. We know that you're here. But we ask, would you move in a powerful way this morning? And maybe that's something we don't see, but it's something you just do in our spirits. But we just pray in the name of Jesus that as we encounter your presence through this last song, God, that you would move powerfully. We submit this moment to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to our message. 
If you liked what you heard, we would love to have you join us on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you would like to know more about us as a church or to know where we are located, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com.